This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, Robin's Review. A seven-side derby with a difference yesterday as City weren't just down to the bare bones, they were virtually down to the marrow. An injury-stricken squad was the problem. The average age of the bench was just 19 players in unfamiliar roles and a first league start for 17-year-old Joseph James. However, I still felt that City competed and if we had a little more strength and organisation in certain areas we would certainly have come away with something from the game. However, it was a 2-0 defeat that sees City drop to 15th in the league. Matt, you were there with me yesterday and uh, a good day all round, apart from some of the football. <laughs> yeah, enjoyable day. Um, it's a trip we like, isn't it? We uh, we go to the, the goals centre in, uh, it's a, like an away bar at the, the five-a-side place. So always a good little trip. But, you know, as, as you've said there, and as I said on Radio Bristol last night, when you've got the the injuries that we've got, I mean, 13, 13 injuries, um, 12 if you take Harvey Wells, Richards out of it, and to some key, key players, um, you know, and you're playing Mark Sykes at left-back, and I, I doubt very much whether Mark Sykes has ever played left-back before. Um, so it's always like to be a struggle. And when you're playing in a seven-side derby, you know, you want your strongest possible squad there. So um, I think we all felt before the game, we would do well to get anything out of it. And then actually, as the game panned out and as it finished, you kind of come away thinking we should really have got something out of it because Cardiff weren't that much better. But, you know, maybe a couple of mistakes and one moment of quality was the difference. So can't can't help but be disappointed. But, you know, unlike Nigel Pearson, I do think that the injuries play a major part in it, Patch. Oh, yeah. I think he just doesn't want to sort of use it as an excuse. Yeah, but exactly. It, it absolutely. You know, it has to be, doesn't it? Yeah, of course it does. Uh, right. Let's do our talk club check in then, Matt. How are you out of 10 this morning? Um, In all honesty, probably a six, mate. Um, Obviously, we had Alloy Gate yesterday as well with my car, and I'll say no more on that. Um, But that brought me down. So, uh, yeah, I'm on, on the back of it and then reading... Some of the comments on online and different things, yeah, I'm, I'm probably a six. I do feel a little bit disillusioned this morning as a City fan. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I can feel your pain on some of that, mentioning no more about that. But uh, yeah, seven for me. Um, I'm sat staring at poached eggs on toast and a hot cup of tea. So uh, I'll be trying to get that get that in in between you guys speaking. So yeah, all good. Seven. Um, I had a had a Guru Jays last night, Matt. You know how much oh, I like nice. yeah. one of those uh, takeaway. So yeah, not not a curry. Um, so yeah, happy happier this morning. But yeah, obviously the the football always always dampens us a little bit, and a, yeah. and a loss away to Cardiff is never never good. But uh, and, and also, mate, waking up to the news that Matthew Perry had, had passed away, and I was a, oh, big, yeah, friend, what a big friends fan. So yeah, that also takes a you know knocks you back a bit, doesn't it? Because a bloke that's, that struggled with his own demons, but yeah, fifty four years of age, shocking. Absolutely shocking, yeah. And uh, talking about mental health, I think people do often go back to friends uh, to to stick on if you are feeling feeling yeah. down, as the song goes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Mark Matthew Perry. Um, right. So let's bring in our guest. Our guest uh, lives over at Bridge, 
and uh, I don't know why I did a northern accent. I think I've been oh, listening, yeah. listening yeah. to uh, Andy, Dean, and Martin Scott too much in the last few days. But um, yeah, Paul Binning, how are you out of ten, sir? Good morning, Borodar. Borodar from Wales. Um, <laughs> uh, to be honest, I couldn't really uh, say any more than Matt said already. I, I woke probably six or seven overnight, a little bit disillusioned with lots of what's going on at the club at the moment. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll come on to that in a little bit later. But yeah, huge friends fan as well. And that really hit me this morning when I woke up to that news. It's uh, when it's someone so young, as you say, someone who, I guess, horribly, it's not necessarily the biggest surprise that he was the first, uh, the mm. first of a cast to go so young. But um, yeah, whatever's happened there, just just really, really sad news for someone who was so funny and never quite knew how funny he was for other people yeah. either. So yeah, that very, very cemented six, I think, this morning after that. Yeah, okay. Right, a um, little bit of... Um news update admin whatever you want to call it so just i did mention that andy lynn and martin scott podcast just before but uh really really happy with how that one went they were an absolute uh laugh a minute they obviously know each other quite well and the banter was flying constantly between them i don't know if either of you guys have had a chance to listen to it yet i only posted it yesterday morning but please please do it will accompany you matt on your 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 trips over the week i'm sure it will it will um so yeah do check that one out Next up, uh, we met up with Phil and Simon yesterday after the game uh, from uh, the guys who have walked from Ashton Gate to to Cardiff with a with a stopover in the Celtic Manor and in aid of Dementia UK and looking at their their page um, for dementiauk.enthuse.com slash pf slash field dash thomas uh they've raised almost three thousand pounds matt so congratulations right. to those guys there's a picture of us with them after the game yesterday and uh, a link if you do wish to donate so big congratulations uh to, to those guys gotta say mate they were in bits weren't they especially <laughs> especially phil he was uh yeah i mean i'm, I'm not sure he could have walked out, out of the car park and he did I don't know so, how he made yeah. it to the station to be fair no, to incredible get the train back yeah you ever done that, Paul? Walk to Ashton Gate from home? I, I never walked to Ashton. I've done a two-day bike ride before, and I was uh, yeah, oh, probably okay. in a similar state getting off on the second day. I imagine, yeah, but uh, I imagine, yeah, yeah, never walked that far. Yeah, brilliant. I also received through the post yesterday this lovely beer map poster. Um, you might have seen it on our Twitter as well from uh, at Football Art C Lee. Uh, so we did a podcast competition and uh, yeah, he sent me one as well. So that was very nice of him. Um, but yeah, I think Chris Chard was the winner of that and she she received hers in the post also. So yeah, check that one out. Happy 35th birthday today to Andy King. And also on the day that we remember Norman Hunter was born on this day 80 years ago. So he would have been 80, Matt, today. What a player. What a player. Or bite your legs, I think is the uh, yeah. is the term. Yeah, you you would never have seen him play, would you? You were too no. young. Um, but he yeah, what, what, he scored some cracking free kicks, didn't he? He scored, he scored, he scored one with his boot off. Um, oh, did he? Come off what, for challenge. City? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boot had come off on a challenge, and he scored one with um, with his uh, his socked foot. But he then went on to own, own a sports shop up on the Gilda Parade up in Broadwall, not Broadwall, Whitchurch. Um, and I'd often go up there as well and have a chat with him and stuff. But oh, yeah, again, a really nice man and a very, very good footballer as well as, yeah, the, the reputation that he had, Norman bites your legs. Yeah. To the lineup yesterday, uh, Joe James got a first full start in the league. And a question was asked on Twitter, who's the youngest person to to make their full league debut? Paul, any ideas? Rob Newman? No. Matt? Ooh, uh, Andy Llewellyn 
Andy Llewellyn is correct. 16, Why? How did I do that? <laughs> 16 years old, nine months and eight days. Uh, in second place, as a joint second, believe it or not, in two different eras, Nair Kelly um, made his debut on the 1st of January 1983 and Jansen Derek on the 28th of November 1959. So both were 16 years, 10 months and 18 days. But wow. uh, yeah, Joe James is is seventeen. So is it Joe James or Joseph James? What are we going with? JJ. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You and your, uh, your your initials. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as that is a fiftieth league appearance for Tommy Conway and Mark Sykes yesterday as well. So the team was Max O'Leary, uh, and then from um, right to left. So JJ, Rob Dickey, Campering, Mark Sykes, as you say, in that unfamiliar left back position. And then uh, Taylor Gardner-Hickman and Jason Knight is the two midfielders. And then, again, uh, right to left, Andy Vyman, Anis Mametti, Sam Bell and Harry Cornick. And I've already mentioned how young the bench was. Badgett, Lewis Thomas, so two goalkeepers, Duncan Idahan, Jamie Knight-LaBelle, Tommy Backwell, obviously his first experience with the first team, Ephraim Yaboa, Tommy Conway and Raquan Nelson. So coming to you, Paul, that starting lineup. I don't think anyone could have predicted that. And obviously... There was a question mark whether Jamie Knight LaBelle would start at centre back or even Duncan Idahan, but uh, he went for Dickey and Pring and then Sykes at left back and James at right back. Yeah, I think by, by a couple of hours before kickoff, I think most people were probably getting towards that because there was so little option, no one had any other option, any other idea. I think. Well, yeah, and the news yeah, broke about uh, Matty James as well. Yeah, Matty James, I sort of heard the night before. Then news broke on the morning that Tommy Conway would be nil. Um, yeah, and, and obviously made the bench, but clearly wasn't fit enough to start. So I think, yeah, the only real debate that I had beforehand was Yabella or Mametti coming into that sort of role and um, I was surprised to see Sykes start left back but actually I think if James is more used to playing right side that made sense you stick your more experienced yeah. player in the unusual position and hope he can cope there which you know to be fair I think he actually did, um, did yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah just absolute not just bare bones but the absolute limit of it as you said it was just no no other option almost in any position on the pitch Matt, it's one um, of those yeah sorry Patch, it's, it's one of those that and there are a lot, lots of fans talking about it on the, the website. And you, you can't do anything, I don't think, about injuries in games and, and those kind of impact injuries or the, the muscle type strings. When they're at the training ground, you know, the, the, the Joe Williams sort of instance, you kind of worry. But I suppose if you're training to an intensity, um, you'll get the same knocks as you will do in games, you know, and it could have been within a training game that you get it. Um, but it just feels as though our, our injury crisis is far greater than, than any other club in the championship. And I don't know the detail, and, and obviously I'm only really concerned with us, but it just feels like that. But you're, you're absolutely right, Paul. I, I thought yesterday, Jamie Knight-LaBelle, and, and having watched him when he came mm. on and made his cameo, I would, if we're, if we're left with the same squad next week, and hopefully we're not, I would probably go with him playing centre-back and keep Pring there and, and keep Sykes there. And that's not a reflection on, on, on JJ at all. But yeah, I thought Sykes did, did really well. Then you've got to look at, did some other players step up? Did Anis Mametti make the most of his opportunity? Um, and that's where I do think when you're threadbare, like we are, you need your big players and the players that are experienced in there to really step up. And for me, yesterday, we still had too many fives rather than sevens and eights. Yeah, good point, Matt. And to you, Paul, on that three, if you like, so Vyman, Mametti, Bell. I was a bit surprised that you didn't go with Vyman through the middle and Mametti out wide. 
Yeah, but I've, there was a hint in the summer that they felt Mimetti could play him at number 10 role. Um, and so I'm not surprised in a way he did that. But again, I think from an experience point of view, I'm surprised he didn't put Andy Lyman in the middle um, to help support Gardner Hickman and um, Knight a little bit more. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, Andy's not necessarily the best passer of ball at the club in, in keeping possession. So maybe felt better to be out wide. Going back to the injuries, I did do a little research last night. There's a website called Premier League Injuries, and you can see player by player, club by club. The right. average is about six per club. Is it? Yeah. So it's inter- I think when we have five or six injuries, we all say we're b- worse than anyone else, and we're not realistically. Is that in the be... Premier League, though? Or That's in the Premier League, yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. So five or six is probably about average. Four, five, six is about average. Eleven is obviously an extreme, and we know it's an extreme, and there's two or three in there you can do nothing about. You know, you look at Ross McCraw, you look at Tommy Conway being ill yesterday morning. So yeah. I guess five or six as an average, we're, we're not normally far off that. Um, I think what we had a couple of years ago, we had a lot of long injuries. And yeah, that's a different formula and calculation to work out. But you'd expect, so yeah, I just thought it was interesting. You'd expect probably five or six to be unavailable at any one time. I think our issue at the moment is, nothing against the lads, but none of them are your, your Boas and your Mimetis and your people who aren't going to be in and around the team. They're all players who, if fit, will have a very good first, chance of being in the first team. First teamers, aren't they? I mean, and and yeah. your point, Patch, about the bench. Um, it's funny because Pierce, Pearson's named, I, I don't know, six on the bench this season, five or six. Why why name two goalkeepers? I find a, a little bit strange. Um I don't even know that you need that from an experience point of view. But you take Tommy Conway out of that, none of those are first-teamers. And I include Ephraim in that, because Ephraim, for me, wouldn't be featuring if we had the squad that we should have. Um, it's credit to him. He's done you know reasonably well when he's come on. So you've only really got Tommy Conway on the bench that is a first-teamer for definite. And probably only then Ephraim, who you know, has obviously got any first team experience. So, you know, you, you, you have to look at that. And when, you know, I, I there were a number of fans yesterday saying Pearson needs to go. A number of people I spoke to who know people saying they thought he may even go by the end of the weekend. And certainly if we lose the next one, maybe two, Chef Wednesday and QPR, he will do. But I just look at it and think, I'm not sure whoever was manager would get too much more out of what is available at the moment. So it just doesn't feel fair to be judging him like that on that. But, you know, again, me saying that, um, we're not judging him on, on where we are now. It's it's overall, isn't it? But you, you have to say, we're not making stride forward. And for the vast majority of fans, it's what's going on on the pitch and the results. And football is a results business where he will, in the end, be judged, don't he? So, yeah. Hot off the press. Um, no, not that hot, uh, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Lee's three words, 13 players out. I feared a proper South Wales bashing yesterday with 13 first-teamers out. All I think you can do is hope the players out there show resilience and battle. For me, they did that in the second half especially. Fans will say that is a given, but I would say they're only human, and we all know from our own lives situations where the odds are stacked against us, it's very difficult to do that sometimes. So, yeah. Uh, thank you to Lee for those yeah, three words. Right into the game then. Third minute. Anis picks up the ball and feeds Harry Cornick, who shoots and it's blocked. Then from the corner, another chance eventually falls to Dickey on the ground, who swivels and shoots wide. So not a bad start, uh, Paul? No, I thought it was a very, very bright start, actually. I think, you know, given everything we've said, I was a little bit fearful as the first whistle went and wondering what sort of game we're going to see. 
but we started positively. We started on the front foot. Um, yeah, and a, and a real chance for the likes of Cornick, Mometti to shine and and show what they can do. And I thought there was some nice link ups early on. Um, I, I think in retrospect, what that team really needed was an early goal yesterday, just to really sort of set themselves down and realise they yeah. could actually compete in that game and could actually do something without you know worrying about who was who was playing and where yeah where, where they were playing but uh unfortunately it didn't come but no a bright start overall like like similarly to Wednesday I thought the first 10 minutes you know very bright and very much on top in both games yeah absolutely 10th minute Matt Rob Dickey picks up a booking and a free kick on the edge to Cardiff uh so yeah the last thing you want really is in the 10th minute for your for your main centre-back to be picking up a booking yeah yeah I think again it was a little bit of one for the team um with him kind of getting away, but you're right, and an experienced player as well in a back line that wasn't experienced, both age from JJ, but also from Sykesy on, on the, the left-hand side. Um, so, yeah, and, and actually, Patch, just before the Dickey chance, Cornick had a, a curled shot that the keeper got a little touch on that led to the corner that led to that Dickey chance. So mm. it it was a bright start. But, yeah, you know, as I say, I think it, I think it was the right decision. I think... Um, I read last night that it was Darren England, the ref, wasn't it? He was the, yeah. the the ref with all of the VAR controversy with Liverpool and Spurs. Oh, really? Was it? Uh, yeah. yeah. First game yeah. back, yeah. Yeah. So God. great. First game back, what we'll do is we'll give you a seven-side derby. Oh, right. <laughs> Brilliant. 14th minute corner for Cardiff, and it's Harry Cornick with a Jiju-type clearance from the corner, and then it grazes the crossbar, but Cardiff are ruled offside. So, Matt, we've, we've mentioned, uh, obviously, missing Jiju in an attacking position, but we've also missed his is that striker coming back and helping with the defence. And Cornick did that yesterday. Yeah, he did. It was a, it was a really good header. Um, I think that's where they've been most dangerous, Cardiff, as well in their games from a, a sort of set-piece set, set piece point of view. Um, and yeah, no, it, it, it was well defended. Yeah, it was well defended. 19th minute, Sykes doing really well at left back and comes forward, feeds Mimetti, and then it's Bell away who crosses but Cornick's opportunity is cut out. We've mentioned Paul already about Sykes doing really well at left back, and he was he was on the in the game in midweek. I just felt he had that extra little bit about him, and and he he seemed to have that again yesterday. Yeah, I actually sat there yesterday and sort of just kept reaffirming my views. He's become a very good little footballer, very you know at, at the very least a very good squad player for us. But you know, pretty much first choice and first choice utility man all over pitch. I thought playing left back yesterday. I think the danger of the right footer playing left back or yeah, whichever is that you've got a very quick winger who goes on your outside and you get a bit stuck. But he didn't have that back, thankfully, yesterday. Um, I think first half in particular, I think what he did do was actually almost surprised his opposition because he kept cutting back onto his right, which you don't expect. You expect him, and he actually got quite a lot of ball just just tucking in and then pushing forward. But you know, very very competent. You know, to say for a a right winger, right forward to be playing left back, it's completely the opposite end and side of a pitch. Um, I don't think you could have asked for a lot more, to be honest. Matt, after this number and of I'm games... Thinking, on, was it, it, sorry, Patrick, it was Bowler on his side as well, wasn't it? He's an experienced championship mm. you know, wide player as well. So I thought he was I thought he was excellent Sykes yesterday. I was just going to say, Matt, after 14 games now in the league and a few cup matches, for me, Sykes is emerging as the player of the season at the moment. I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think... Um, the, the shame of, his, of it is he's moved back to a more defensive position when he'd actually started really well offensively for us this season. Um, and I did really think that this could be his, you know, his season for maybe, you know, 10, 10, 12 goals or something like that. But 
Uh, no, I, yeah, I, I would agree, Patch. I think he would definitely be in the arguments. Um, yeah, yeah. I think we, we as fans, Paul, recognise the fact that he has filled in at right back. He's now filled in at left back. He'll probably be in goal next week. Uh, <laughs> so he's a, a proper squad player, proper team player. Yeah, I think exactly that. Uh, but it's, it is, I think his footballing ability is starting to come through as more. He's, he seems to have more yeah. confidence. That's why you see him. I mean, when he gets on the ball, he's confident just to press forward. He is, is, his first idea yesterday all the time was to get forward to say you just cut inside and go forward try and get it and that that's what fans like to see too you want to see that positive play and that does come with sometimes ability but also just confidence as well and he's had a good start to the season I think yeah him Jason Knight probably a couple you'd mentioned in terms of you know starting really well this season mm-hmm. um and you hope and you think once we are injuries are clear he'll regain that position wide right so he was he was uh certainly away from home a lot of danger to opposition fullbacks in that in that area yeah, obviously yeah. the 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 height of his of his uh, position of his play in that position obviously was Swansea away. I thought he was mm. yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yes, was, um, yeah. Our hearts were in our mouths, Matt, on the thirty second minute, and it was like shepherding the ball out for a corner. But from from where we were, which was literally on the corner flag, um, that, that looked like that was being shepherded into the net. Well, it was one of those where the ball the ball came across, and and I I have to say I can't recall the passage of play that led to them putting the cross in. And I don't know if he deliberately was chesting the ball out for the corner. His shape seemed to indicate he was chesting it back to Max O'Leary, but he was quite close for that. And actually, Max was kind of quite a way away from him. <laughs> we thought he chested it into the net, didn't we? And yeah, as you say, Arts in Mouse, the fact that it went wide, but subsequently, yeah, uh, yeah. Paul, you were a little bit higher up. I, I saw you right up, up at the back. And obviously from that corner as well, it's Cardiff 1-0 and it's a Perry G header from a Joe Rolls corner. And for me, it was a bad goal to concede. And I, I always like to see players on the post, a bit old school in that regard. But there was no one on that back post. There was someone on the front post more so. But uh, yeah, it just uh, was an easy header. Far too easy. Um, I think for me, unfortunately, if a ball is four or five yards out in the middle of a goal, your keeper's got to be coming for that. You've got to clear everyone out of the way and just get rid of it. And whether the incident before just unsettled Max a little bit, perhaps because he was out of position a touch or, you know, he didn't quite know what Sykes was doing. I don't know. But he, he, I thought the last couple of games, he'd been very good at coming for crosses and claiming that's probably been the best part of his game in the last uh, couple. But for whatever reason, he was just rooted to his line. And yeah, unfortunately, it was just very, very easy. He, he actually went to go. He moved and then yeah. went back. Um, and I agree. Um, I, I think he's got to try and get a punch on it. You're, you're right, Patch, about players on post, but that's just not the modern game anymore. Mm. I, th- I think if you watch any game over the weekend, very few will, will have had players on the post. Um, but yeah, Matt, Max needs to come for that. Um, and I do, you know, I'll go back to it. Um, I do genuinely feel without a strong number two, and I don't see Stefan Bajic or Harvey Wiles Richards as that for various reasons, experience. I do feel with Max that he doesn't have the competition that absolutely keeps him on his toes. I thought his distribution yesterday wasn't very good. There was one no. moment in the second half where the ball kind of went straight out because Sykesy wasn't switched on, but yeah. I, I just yeah. feel that it, it is going to keep those questions are going to keep being asked. And sadly, again, it's a very, very key moment in the game, isn't it? Halftime summary from Rob. A spirited display from a patched up side. Given the enforced makeshift setup, it's a game for competing and doing the basics well. 
any expectation of free-flowing football is probably a bit too much to expect given the circumstances, but instead hope for an occasional piece of magic where two or three can link up well to create something. With all that in mind, really disappointing to concede from how we did in the corner. First of all, some indecision dealing with a fairly tame cross, which was bundled behind between two of our defenders with Max looking on. Then from the corner itself, relative a relatively uncontested header, which NG dispatched into the corner with a little bit too much ease. Seemed soft after everything up until that point. We're going to need to stand up to everything in the second half and then hope to have a spell from which we will need to cash in on. Some good link-ups on the left with Mimeti showing signs of some quality, which may yet be the key. We'd like to see a bit more threat, however, down the other flank. Uh, yeah, good point there, Paul. Around, uh, it was like kind of going down the left for us, really, wasn't it? It was. Um, I, well, I wasn't sure. I wasn't, didn't know if that was maybe partly deliberate to try and keep the ball away from James at right back a little bit. I, I don't know if that was reading too much into it. Yeah, Matt, you did say they they seem to be protecting Joe James a bit too much. I think that was your comment. I, I, I felt that too often the ball came down and Andy Vyman would then point James back into space mm. and not pick up the man that was coming to him. And so that gave them a little bit more sort of yardage and and a bit a bit like I've said with Mimetti, just let him play. If he's a fullback by trade, let him play. And when he was faced up, I thought he defended really well. But yeah, too often Andy Vyman was saying, no, I'll come across and take him. You drop back. Well, I thought Andy Vyman did it. He spent a lot of the first half talking to James, whether that was yeah. good or not good in the end. I think it was good for him. It was good at an experienced yeah. pro. You've got to, to have that. Wing, yeah. yeah, obviously. But um, I don't. I think it maybe was a detriment of Vyman's game. I don't think he was really fully focused on where he should be and how he should be Agreed. attacking either. He didn't really get involved in it at all. Yeah, yeah and I know probably his captain that comes in as well. I was going to say, yeah, as, as captain, he probably took on that responsibility. Mm. But Dicky could have been doing that, you know, equally. So maybe they're both doing it. Yeah. Anyway, um, half time uh, comes, and yeah, so Conway comes on for Bell. Mimetti goes left, and a shout out to the Cardiff DJ who played Triple H's theme, the game. So congratulations to him, like that. Right, so yeah, that changed, Matt. It's one for, one for the kids there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks, thanks yeah. very much. Um, yeah, so so Conway comes on for Bell, and Mameti goes to the to the left. Your thoughts on that substitution? Sam Bell's lost a little bit of form, ironically, since the contract signing, um, and I don't absolutely don't think that's because of complacency or anything like that. But he he, he isn't on form at the moment. Um, he's not getting the connection. When the ball comes from the crosses, aren't beating the first man, um, and yeah, not not great that he gets withdrawn at halftime. That probably sums up where Nigel Pearson felt he was. Yeah, um, I haven't got a note here about about what else happens with that substitution, Paul, um, and and I'm trying to recall whether Vyman came in or Cornick dropped into the right. I can't remember. Can you enlighten Cornick me on that? Left, didn't he? But a bit more. So Cornet left yeah. a bit and comp, but it, it was a bit mixed by that point, I felt as well. They were a little bit more yeah. free-flowing in their position, but certainly Cornet came left. That was my main concern, really, because I thought Cornet could have a decent first half occupying the centre backs. And he naturally normally isn't as effective out wide. Um, but we yeah, Bell was way, way off the pace, and as Matt says, has been for two or three weeks actually, in terms of he gets in good positions, but he doesn't seem to he hasn't seemed to do anything with it now for a few weeks at all. Yeah. A good ball, or you know, he loses a ball, or he just doesn't quite get get it away properly. Um, but again, at the moment, we've got no option. You could probably do a little rest, maybe, but we haven't got an option to, for that really at the moment, unless uh, you bring your bow in next game. It's it's funny though, Paul, and, and I've said this a few times on the on the podcast. 
Nigel Pearson seems to be very adverse to swapping his wide men across. Mm, mm. So when it's not quite working, why wouldn't you give Vyman the left and Bell the right and just give a different option there? And he just doesn't ever seem to do it, does he? Yeah, yeah. You can you can cut in instead of cross or vice versa. Can't you? Yeah. you can do something different or yeah, just exactly. give the defender something different to think about. Yeah, and, I, and I Bell's na- Bell's naturally right footed, isn't he? So mm. you know, he, although he does he does hit a, a decent ball across at times with his left. Yesterday he didn't, but he is naturally right footed. So you'd like to sort of see, well, just switch it up a little bit. Yeah, and he, even when Sykes are playing, I think he's our best player at getting down the line and getting across it. Yeah, but. Yeah, for 20 minutes, why not switch him to the left and see if he can cut in and shoot? Because he can do that too. And yeah, I, I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, Sam Bell's our top goal scorer on four as well at the moment. Um, well, okay. that says everything you need to know as well, doesn't it? From We're not creating <laughs> yeah. chances. We're not scoring enough goals. That's why we're not winning games. Okay, 51st minute, a night shot from distance, tests the keeper, and then moments later, he shoots wide. So, uh, Paul, great to see those those shots from distance, and that one actually was uh, a really nice strike from Jason Knight. It was, and I think it's something we don't really do enough. Um, I think Rob, Rob Dickey had a go from about 35 yards on Wednesday. It didn't quite come off for him, but we don't seem to shoot enough like that. And we all know, you know, if you get it on target, anything can happen. It, you know, it can come off a bar, it can come off a post, the keeper can parry it out. But we don't, and I thought actually, I wondered if that was part of the game plan coming because he came out almost to shoot on sight, it felt in that start of that second half. And um, yeah. yeah, if you've got quick forwards in and around the follow up, you never know. Um, but it's good to see, and he's clearly able to do that. Um, I think Taylor Gardner Hitman is able to do that. Dickie is. We've got the players out there who can shoot from outside the box, we just don't seem to do it very often at all. I think the thing is, as well, and we've all, all played to a, to a level, when you're in conditions like that where there's a, a little bit of rain about, the pitch is wet and zippy. Mm. I always, always, always used to say, right, just just hit the ball low on the ground. Keep it on the ground mm. and it will zip and the keeper's going to have a real job. And that was that kind of Jason Knight one. Ironically, it stemmed from a passenger play where Mehmeti got through, but just kind of didn't control it well enough. And then the ball broke to Knight. Um, but yeah, good. I mean, the second one caught the kind of side netting, and you're sort of up thinking, "Oh my god, he scored!" But yeah, 57th minutes, a chance for Andy Vyman after a great work in the midfield from Taylor Gardner Hickman. The ball into Simon comes from Sykes, but it's steered over from close range. Matt, it was one of those ones where it lead, needed just a deft touch to sort of you know get it past the goalkeeper, but he gets too much on it. Exactly that. I think I think he should do better, but he gets too much on it. Um, and yeah, he, he, he probably got too good a connection, really, when you wanted him to scuff it, it probably goes in. Yeah, 66-minute Paul City win a free kick on the edge of the box after a JJ cross is handballed, and it's Taylor Gardner-Hickman's delivery was good, but uh, but just no, no end product on that one. No, no, he's shown he can deliver a set piece. We haven't seen it necessarily from a shooting point of view yet, but um, he clearly looks to be the man at the moment for set pieces, um, but no... No luck there, unfortunately. And that was a key moment for me, I think, because that was, I think, almost like the end of our, what I thought was our pressure at the second half. Yeah. We started the second half really well, really positively. We were a better team for 20, 25 minutes. And I think it was around that sort of time we just started to to tire a little bit and, um, again, didn't just take that chance when we had it. I'm just actually re- watching that back because I did get the uh, the patch cam out on that one, Matt, trying to, get oh, okay. a, trying to get a goal. But it's Andy Weinman who actually heads... Over. Yeah, he headed it over, didn't he? And, and again, a, actually, a decent chance, wasn't it? He, again, will probably feel like he should have got it on target. 
Just noticing as well, I mean, Andy Weinman revealed to us about um, Andy King and Pat Mountain taking the set pieces on a, on a Friday. And, yeah. and Taylor Gardner-Hickman does put like one hand in the air. And I wonder what that sort of signifies, whether he's going to the middle or or, or what. But um, it, it will be a signal. Isn't it? It's the same with corner routines. But yeah. Um, substitution, 67th minute, Paul Mametti off Yeboa on. Uh, 23 plus injury time to have a run, have a run at Cardiff. Yeah, I was a bit surprised to see Mimetti go off. Um, I think on performance and threat, you'd have personally, I think you'd have had to take Andy Vyman off. Um, whether it was the fact Mimetti hasn't played and he, he was felt he was tiring, whether it felt you just didn't want to take any more experience off the pitch, I can sort of see the logic behind doing that as opposed to Vyman. But certainly in terms of what was happening in front of our eyes, I don't yeah. think there's many who have taken that decision personally. And Mimetti yeah, was causing trouble. To be fair, Yeboah, I thought, came on and caused some trouble too. But, yeah, you you just fancy that stage with the two of them both flying at the Cardiff back line. They might have uh, been able to do something um, a bit more positive. I do feel with Mimetti, and, and we talked about it um, in the car, it, it feels to me that we've coached some of that maverick out of him. Um, you know, Nigel Pearson even talked about when he was asked what he's got to do to to force his way into the team that he's got to train. It seemed more you know, about the training than anything yeah, there, else, didn't there it? Was that, he but was he, saying. He, he, yeah, but he did then say and he needs to keep it simple. Um, and I think with with the types of players, he's not a simple he player, is, is he? He's not. So <laughs> you kind of need to not. You don't give him a free run because he needs to do his defensive duties as well. But you do want him, and, and he, he looks to me clearly like a bloke playing with very little confidence. Um, and I, I, I totally agree with Paul. I would have kept him on yesterday and it would have been Andy Vyman there that I would have made way for. But I also would agree that I think it was probably because of that experience. Well, and, and he just fact headed we had over as well, didn't he? Andy yeah. Vyman, he yeah. was getting, getting a few chances. So yeah, that's yeah. probably the reason. Uh, five minutes later, he makes another substitution, Paul, and it's Jamie Knight-LaBelle coming on for his uh, Bristol City debut uh, for Joe Jem- James with Pring left and then Sykes going to the right. So that felt a bit more balanced. And for me, that's how we probably should have started. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think James looked nervous, understandably. I mean, he probably wasn't expecting to be anywhere near the first-team squad started last week, let alone involved <laughs> on Wednesday and, uh, you know, playing today. So I've always been, as I say, a bit nervous, a bit apprehensive. i say totally understandable. I'm certainly not going to, you know, criticise or judge a young lad on his debut based on that. But In a seven-side derby. Did, we did, yeah, exactly, exactly. We did look a lot more balanced, though. Um, say, just with Sykes and Pring in the right positions helps because before that, we had one defender playing in a normal position. So mm, um, yeah. probably was the way we should have started. I think Mike Bell looked quite comfortable when he came on. He had one one long ball which was to no one a little bit a little bit rashly. But apart from that, I thought it looked a bit more yeah, looked happy there. And I think he's been the one that probably consistently over the last 12, 18 months has been talked up from the Academy in terms of that position. And well he was, was he was um he was Academy player of the year, I think, last yeah, season. Yeah. And he's captain of the under 21s and yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised that it's taken this long for him to come in with all of the problems that we've been having. I thought he yeah. would be the next one on the production line to to be that player. I wonder if Pearson, being a an old school centre half, just feels that's almost the, the position you don't want to risk a youngster as early as long as you can. You know, you want to have him a bit toughened up. But yeah, I think yeah, he was mentioned as one of the reasons why you know Riley Towler was allowed to leave and Idaham was allowed on loan because we got this lad coming through and was mm. you know very close and he hasn't got there before. But I think as you said, certainly next week if we're still in the same position, which we don't know who will be, but I'd certainly rather 
see us finish. Sorry, see us start how we finish rather than rather than the, the sort of cross position way we started. Yeah, Matt, do you think there's an element of the the Joe Lowe sort of experiment against Lincoln that's playing on Nigel's mind a little bit with bringing Knight Labelle in? Possibly, yeah, possibly. Um, I guess you could argue Joe James playing is just as much as a, a, a risk. Maybe centrally, there's slightly more of a you're up against it. But um, certainly, you know, having watched both yesterday and the way the game sort of shaped, I mean, there's talk of Viner and Naismith possibly being available next weekend. If they're not, and we've got what we got, then I would go with 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 Knight Lapel. It's an interesting one, the, the Taylor one. I don't think Riley's in the Portsmouth team at the moment. Um, I'm not, not even sure he didn't didn't even make the bench, but that might be injury. But um, yeah, I, I like you. I thought he looked impressive when he came on. Made a couple of good aerial challenges. Looked good on the ball. Um, and so yeah, that that's the way I would shape next week. 74th minute, Matt, ball up to Vyman. He eventually finds Tommy Conway, who engineers a shot, but it's over. And you just thought that was a chance that, um, you know, a bit akin to Rotherham for his for yep. his first goal, where he picks the ball up and he, you can just see it ticking over in his head. Right, I just need to get this ball in the right position to have a shot on goal. And it was over. Yeah, if any if anyone was capable of doing that, it's Tommy. Um, again, you know, Paul's point about, about Harry Cornick in the first half, um, Worked really hard. Tommy worked really hard yesterday. They just don't get any quality into them where they're afforded a chance. You know, that one Tommy had to make his own. Um, we're just not creating enough for, for those those forward players, whether it's the wide ones coming in or what. But um, yeah, I mean, it didn't, it didn't test the keeper, but at least it was, it was an effort, wasn't it? Yeah, Paul, a moment here of, of, of potential controversy, but um, 83rd minute, Shaboa on the attack, carries the ball, gets into the box, doesn't get his shot away, and the momentum of his run sees him tumble to the floor. No penalty for me, but watching it back uh, last night, there was a little touch on him just before he goes down, you know, like a split second before, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. if he does go down on that one, then that's more of a penalty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I mean, I've watched that about ten times. It's quite mesmerising actually. See his legs whirring all over the place. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's yeah. I can you, you can see how we might have got a penalty with some refs who just sort of assumed he had a touch. But you can also see how he didn't because it was more of a thing of his momentum, him sort of tumbling over the ball a little bit. But you're right, there was a little little dig just before, and that you know memory from a distant days past when you run it a bit. Of, Page, you know that can affect your balance. So it probably did actually bring him down, although it wasn't that instant moment. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it's a sliding doors moment, really. I think I say some rest would have given that all day long because they just see a forward flying into box and being tripped. Um, but to be fair, I thought actually the referee mostly had a quite a good game. Once yeah, one or two 50-50s, I think, went our way, which maybe helped that view from a slightly biased point of view. But um, I did actually think looking back on it, we probably got that pretty much about right on the pitch. Yeah, Matt, no, no, certainly no penalty for me or not, you not, sat there watching it. Not in a million years. No, I think. And it's something that, that Yaboa needs to to get coached into him. That he, no when to just, shoot. Exactly that. And no when to shoot or no when to pass. He just overruns it a little bit. It's n- not quite in his, his control. Um, and that, that will come with experience. He's 17. You know, it's not. He's, seven, um, he's 17, did you say? 
East, yeah, East 17, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, um, although Wayne Rooney was 16, 17, wasn't he? But yeah, he is a bit of an anomaly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was never a penalty, never a penalty. Um, and I think if you if you look at it, he's actually starting to go down slightly earlier himself anyway. So yeah, not for me. I always look at it, if he's awarded against us, how would I feel? And I would have been absolutely, <laughs> yeah, going crazy. So yeah. Okay, into the 90th minute, plus one. It's Ruben Colwell on the left. He kind of goes through Jason Knight and Harry Cornick. A uh, little skip through the middle. Smashes one into the roof of the net. Past, past Max O'Leary. And, uh, yeah, it's it's 2-0. Obviously, we had a really ba- bad view of that, Matt. I think from the right, literally in line with the pitch in the bottom right-hand yes. corner. Um, wasn't wasn't a great view. So. I, don't, I don't know if he nutmegged Jason Knight or... or he sort of skips over happened, the top. He goes through the middle of that, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah which, not, I've not which, watched it back. Yeah, not I mean, the again, greatest Nig- defending. Nigel Pearson called it out, um, didn't he? That, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't um, great from our point of view. I mean, he smashes it. I don't apportion any blame to Max there, but um, I did feel... It, it it wasn't a fair reflection on the game two 0 I think one 0 was a far far fairer reflection. Um, if you, I mean, probably we we should have won. No, we shouldn't have got anything out of it because we didn't test their keeper. I think they had five shots on target, but um, that one I just felt it it did take a little bit of yeah, it felt a bit unfair really a two 0 um, Just looking back for our results this season. Um... Yeah, only once before we lost by two goals, that and Birmingham. that was Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it, it was unusual. And, and and I go, think go, go back to it, Patch. Cardiff for fifth. Yeah. Now <laughs> they they don't look anywhere near yeah. a team that you would be talking about in the playoffs. Nowhere near it, and that's you know that I suppose that is disrespectful to Cardiff, but I I don't mean to be. Um, you know, we're makes with it all, all the more injuries, frustrating. It does. It, it does. Because if we had exactly a fully that. fit squad with one or two injuries, we would it, be equally it shows where, where they are. You take Leeds, you take Leicester, you take Ipswich. Well, sorry, Ipswich and Leicester really, or Leicester and Ipswich that right the right way round, and then Leeds coming into it. It's not a great division. It's not a great division, and if we're Still where we are with all of the injuries we've got and our performances as well, it just shows, you know, just with, with some of those players back and getting the right kind of playoffs is achievable attacking. this season. Yeah, if, it, 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 it would be. I, I worry, Patch. Squad. Yeah, exactly that. I worry that the injuries are going to take us to a point where we're going to struggle to really, you know. But then you've seen sides make runs from Christmas onwards that have been nowhere near it, haven't you? So, you know, we've got to keep hoping that, that we get the players back. Sorry, mate. I think, it's, I think it's only five points off the playoffs, aren't we? And Yeah. Yeah, you can end up having lots of circular discussions on this, I'm sure, with, with you know, other topics to discuss, but you do feel with a couple of quality additions extra in the summer, be it on loan or be it, you know, yeah. opening up the budget, the wage budget a little bit, then, you know, we could have been there. And I think... I've seen a lot of people yesterday blaming the owner for yesterday having too many injuries. You haven't got enough squad. I think. I mean, I think that's a little bit of retrofitting the truth to, to me. I think. Yeah. If you looked at numbers in the squad, I think we were one short at centre back, knowing Atkinson was going to be out till November. I think other than that, I could sort of see we had roughly two players in every position, one way or another. We didn't a right back, so we went and got Gardner Hickman on loan um, yeah. because McCrory's injury, but. You know, he sees Vaiman and Mehmeti able to play about eight roles. So he had cover there. He sees we had six forwards to cover the three forward lines. It's just that centre-back one. And I agree with Matt, whether it's as number one keeper or as a backup for someone pushing Max. But 
what we haven't got is that for me we're missing one quality player probably in goal sorry max probably in central midfield and probably as yeah. a as a striker a bit like Hurst played on Wednesday night an out and out striker oh. to hold the ball up and bring and they're the three down the spine we're really missing and you think I know it's still three players that's quite a lot of investment that's quite a lot of extra in the squad but you have maybe two of those even one of those extra in the squad and we probably are a little bit further at the table right now and we've got a much better chance of progressing yeah so we're, we're almost a third of the way through the season now Paul 14 games played five wins three draws six losses minus one goal difference 18 points as you say five points off of Hull in sixth and it's yeah Cardiff are on the same a number of points as well so it's all still very tight but this this is re- a, a crucial point now we are yeah. as I say down to the marrow let alone the bones and uh we do desperately need those some of those injured players to come back in next week we do and uh, just looking at the fixture list I mean the two games we're coming up are arguably our two easiest home and away you know home away game of the season you could have Sheffield Wednesday Bottom haven't won a game yet at home. QPR just sat the manager away. You've got to be looking at six points out of those if you're going to be contending. I guess, does that come into any decision by a board this week or looking at Lansdowne's position? Do you think, is it now the right time to try and get a bounce and do that? Or do you not want to unsettle the squad and affect their readiness for these two games? And yeah, I think you could happily and easily argue either way on those two positions. Um, but yeah, if you get six points going into the international breakout of those two games, which we probably will be just about, well, we're certainly favourites against Sheffield Wednesday. If you win that, we're probably going to be favourites away at QPR. If you can get that, then suddenly you're in around the top eight, probably top nine and very close to it. And the doom and gloom that seems to have on set this week goes away depends, a little uh, bit. If it... Depends if uh, if Neil Warnock comes in at QPR. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's, I, that's I, what... well, I think Eustace. I think John Eustace will go there. I'd be, I'd War, be really War surprised. Oh, does he? Telegraph report that last night. Yeah, uh, right. Not, okay. Well, there, but... so that 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 for me wouldn't be, you know, that that would be a, a much more positive mood for clubs that aren't QPR. Warnock going in there, and that'll probably come back to bite me. But Eustace, I like. Um, but like, and and I agree with Paul. But Chef Wednesday, new manager. They've got a game today, so that'll be interesting to see how they get on today. So they might get a bit of a new manager bounce. Mm. And then what does that mean for us? And then the following week, QPR, yeah, our record's actually been decent there over the last few seasons. Um, but if they get a new manager in, it's not inconceivable to be saying we might be talking, because our home record hasn't been great, we might be talking about two defeats. And then even the strongest Pearson supporters will be looking at it and going, you know, fundamentally, I'll go back to it, it's a results business. And for everything, money, the wages, everything that he's done, you know, how far do you go with it? You, you know, you would definitely think that that will be looked at. Okay. Yeah. So that was the end of the game. I don't quite know where we got to, but I'm sure that was the end. Um, <laughs> yeah, was, 2-0 yeah. defeat. And yeah, uh, we, we hung around after for about 15 minutes to, to let the gates open and and then walk back to our... To our I will say as well, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, did you wait... Um, down by the end of it, Paul. Yeah, we had to turn left where we were parked. So we were just yeah. sitting there and sitting there waiting for the crowds to clear. And then I eventually got bored and walked back through the retail park anyway. And yeah, that's what, we, that's what we did. Yeah, <laughs> they, they opened a bit earlier. What I would say, and it, it would be remiss of us, Patch, not to talk about it, was the crowd mm. situation. Um, it was disgusting yesterday. Absolutely disgusting. I mean, we, we got in early and then we walked to our seats 10 minutes um, before kickoff. Um, 
very, very surprised that they allowed you to sit anywhere. And I know there's an element of that in, in a lot of the away games, but it's the first time I can recall that being the case at Cardiff. They actively um, said that, didn't they? You know, oh, just sit, actively sit we where want, you want. Because I said, where's, where's our seats? You need to sit in your seat, don't you? Exactly, exactly. Um, and there were so many fans and a lot of youngsters mm. that didn't have seats. And there was a real feeling of a um, a kind of surge and crush situation that could have caused an awful lot of problems. Um, as you know, Patch, I spoke to a steward that was stood by us. Um, and there seemed to be plenty of stewards stood around looking up at the crowd, but not really seemingly doing too much. Um, and asked what the hell was going on for the steward to tell me that it was a policing matter. I then called a policeman over and asked him what was going on to be told that inside the ground it was a stewarding matter. Um, so it did seem to get better in the second half. I don't know whether they opened up more areas. Well, I've, um, everyone who didn't have a seat probably didn't go down to the concourse and then found, their, found prob- a seat. <laughs> probably, yeah, good, good point. And I, I guess some may have stayed under the concourse. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was really, really poorly managed and something that I don't know whether it falls on Jerry from an SLO point of view, but certainly from Bristol City's point of view, they need to look into and talk to Cardiff about because that shouldn't happen again because it could have been a far more serious situation. And hopefully no one was hurt, no one was injured, but yeah, it, it was very, very poor, I thought yesterday. Yeah. I'm just um, aware that Paul's going to probably have to leave us in the in the very very near future. So Paul, yeah, we'll, we'll let yeah. you go before Matt does the ratings. If if you need yeah, to no, no, just just touch on that. And I've been in meetings at the sports club where Jerry does feedback to every club we go to. So yeah, whether right. it's yes, great, no problems, or no, we had lots of problems. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I wasn't aware. I went up because I'm with kids with me. I went up early because we were in the standing section, so I deliberately went up early to get somewhere where I knew we could see, um, which we did thankfully. But I wasn't aware quite the size of the issue, but. It does look for some of the photos and some of the reports very poor. Um, Were you surprised, and, Paul, that they let us sit wherever? Um, I'm actually an advocate for that personally. So I mean, I, I've got a mum and dad who go. My mum can't stand, so she hates yeah. it when you go to a ground and you can't choose where to sit because she can't see. Yeah. She would much rather the ones who want to stand go to the back, and she gets to sit in the front if she wants to. And get, but so I can see both ways of that. I think the issue second up was when I came back up at half time with like three drinks in my hand. The police said to me, "Where's your ticket?" Because they wanted to see how to stand. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I sort of said, "It's in my pocket if you want." They actually, to be fair, they took my drinks off me so I could get my ticket out. So they oh were actively checking the second half to get I, up to that area. Yeah, I think yeah. I think they were checking to see whether you were going to that section or the other section. But then after yes, that, it was yeah, wherever you want. After that, it was still still yeah, whatever you want. So I, I say I've got sympathy both ways. Like. If you if you end up just in your seats, you can't, you know, people get people don't do it anyway. People don't sit in their seats. Then you have rows about it. Then you have people who want to sit. With, so I can sort of see it both ways. But whatever they did yesterday, it didn't work because it wasn't yeah. handled very well at all. Yeah, okay, cool. great stuff. Thank you Paul, so much, thank Paul. You, mate. Thanks for joining, oh, thank joining us. Have a good Cheers. Sunday, and yeah, we'll speak again soon. Take care. Yeah, see you soon, mate. All right, Matt, over to you. Difficult one. Um, always is after a loss, and. You know, I, I don't like to be overly critical, but yeah. So do you want to give your Oh your yeah. Rating? Um so yeah, we've got a couple in the chat as well, haven't we? Um yeah, yeah. Oh, blimey. Yeah, five 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 5.7. Okay, so you've gone five point seven, Tom's gone five point six, and Mark's gone five point four. Okay. Right. Um so Max, I've gone five. Um I've I feel he, he was a part 
part of that goal, the first, the opening goal, um, I didn't think his distribution was great. So yeah, I went five for Max. Um, just because of the order that I've got it on my sheet. Cam Pring, Rob Dickey, I went two sixes. I thought Cam, um, he, 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 was a, he struggled a little bit at times in, in the centre-back position, more with his distribution. I think he got fouled a few times by Maite or Maite and didn't get the, the, the decision. Um, but then as the game grew on, and then obviously when he switched to his normal position, it was a, a performance I'd expect. So, yeah, I went I went two sixes for both Cam and Rob. I thought they they, they performed as I would have expected, really. Um, Fullback-wise, I went um, Mark Sykes, seven on the left-hand side, and also then when he switched. Um, and spoiler alert, but Mark Sykes was my man of the match. Um, yeah. And then on the other side, I went six for, for Joe James. Um, and people might look at that and go, well, you've given Max a five, and... This is a 17-year-old lad making his debut in a seven-side derby, and he didn't look, you know, he wasn't disgraced. Up against Callum Robinson, who got withdrawn before he was, so showed that he wasn't being given the runaround. Um, so I thought it was a, a competent display from the young lad, and again shows, you know, we, we have got a bright future. There are a number of these players that, that you know, hopefully will break through. Um, Midfield-wise... I went six for Jason Knight. I thought he put in a performance that we expect. He was probably um, toiling around seven, but then just just faded a little bit with the game, and and was also part of the you know, the, the, the second goal. It was just too easy. Um, Taylor Gardner Hickman. I went five. I didn't think he had anywhere near the influence that he's had in recent games. Um, couldn't really find the pass. Um, lost the ball a few times and there was one moment in the second half where he lost the ball and then almost kind of fell to the ground looking for a free kick which was just never a free kick um, which which could have cost us so yeah went five um, Anis Mametti Andy Vyman I went fives um, I thought you, you couldn't fault either's work rate but just the quality um, wasn't, wasn't there um, and then the, the Sort of forward, the other forwards, Harry Conway, Tommy Conway, I went to fives. Again, wouldn't fault either's work rate or effort. Probably Cornick in particular. Um, early on, I thought he, he he caused quite a few problems. But when I was thinking about it, I was thinking, I don't want to rate Harry Cornick on the basis of, oh, yeah, he caused a few problems. He ran around, ran around a bit. I also want to rate him as the number nine and the bloke that if a chance comes to him, he's going to take it. And he had the one shot, um, but I didn't think showed enough. In the second minute, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly that. And I didn't think showed then enough um, from that attacking intent. But it's so difficult to rate our forward line at the moment because they just don't get any kind of ball to work with. Um, so, yeah, I went that. And then the Sam Bell one, um, and I'll let you kind of decide on this one. I went, I went five and then changed to four, and the four being because he was withdrawn at half time, which for your top scorer, for your most experienced, you know, tactically, it wasn't like he wasn't playing where he would normally play. Um, then it may be that he had an illness or an injury. I don't know. It felt like it was tactical. I just felt that he was just nowhere near the levels that we've come to expect from Sam. Um, hence, hence the four. But you know, if I compare him to Andy Vyman, Anis, Harry Cornick, the only reason for the four, the differential, is that he was subbed at halftime. So I'll, I'll let you call that one, mate. 
Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. He's, I mean, that is his yeah. best position, isn't it? Is the exactly. left of the three. Exactly. I'm, so. I'm just looking at the starting lineup now in my notes, and I, I think we need to be to get more support to the number nine. We need to be more of a four-three-three than a four-two-three-one because they end up coming too deep. Um, yeah. And yes, we want that link up play with the full backs, but. I think we need to go back to a, a four three three more so really, and you know you could probably say that's what it is. Don't want to get lost in formations, but I'd like to see Bell, Conway, Cornick, Bell, Conway, Vyman, those three working as a three rather than as a three and a one. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah so, so I do. I agree. I think something needs to change, and and even mate. Well, I think you, I think you might go as a two. Um, I mean, I suppose Naki and Tommy played as a two and played successfully there, mm. but if you had, you know someone more physical but again comes back to to your marrow comment where you know we mm. really do have very little option and people you know there will be some that sort of talk about Yaboa coming in and, and maybe actually maybe he does come in on the right hand side um and and start him next weekend but yeah it, it, at the moment it it's very difficult that. not not to feel disillusioned at the yeah. moment there's there's just too many things you know there's not enough yeah, um, there's not a voice coming out from the club, um, and I'm not. I'm not on about Pearson's contract because, like you said last week, they're not going to come out and say no, we're not discussing it, or yes, we are discussing it, and we've decided we're not going to offer him, or you know that when the decision gets made, then I'm sure we'll hear about it. But I just think generally, um, it just feels as though all of the good work that's gone on over recent years with how close the club have been with fans, some of that just feels a little bit like we're, we're, we're lacking a little bit of communication there. No, not a little bit, a lot, you know, there, there needs to be more, more being said. Now who, who buy, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'll leave that for others to say. Um, but yeah, it just, I, I walked away and, you know, not, and we talked about it in the car, mate, didn't we? Not, not disappointed with the performance because I do genuinely feel I, I said they didn't leave. No, they left nothing on the pitch, and obviously the phrase is they left everything on the pitch, and that's what I meant. <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't fault them for effort. We're just lacking the quality where the quality matters at the moment, and I do I do worry the next few games because the fact that most people see those as being two absolutely winnable games. I do worry if we don't that that will mean that there will be changes that get made, um, and it's very. See- yeah, and it's easy, Patch, to talk about, okay, if, if that happens and Nigel Pearson goes, but what does that then mean for Curtis Fleming, Jason Newell, Dave Rennie? You Everyone, know, there's, yeah. it's it's not just one man, is it? It's a big, big situation. So it's not a decision that can be taken lightly. Yeah, so for Nigel, it's a five. Um, you know, he said it himself. He, I, he doesn't use injuries as an excuse, um, but it's a game he felt we should have got something out of and we didn't. It was a defeat, so it has to be at least a five. Okay, leave on a positive. I think we've got a week now. Hopefully we can get at least one, if not two, maybe even three back uh, for Sheffield Wednesday next week. And that will give us a more familiar setup. And uh, yeah, let's hope that we've got enough to get a result at home to Sheffield Wednesday. And then and then we can sort of go from there. I think it's uh, only two games in the next two weeks, Matt, isn't it? No midweekers. Coming no, because and, and then a, another international break, which you love. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we've got two games in two weeks. Hopefully, get some players back, and we can then get those two wins and get us back up in amongst it. And then another international break, another, another period of time. One. 
another one to bring back a few more players. I think Atkinson may even be back uh, if we're led to believe what um, you know what, what's been said there. We may even see Atkinson back in in after the international breaks. So that'd be that'd be certainly welcomed. So let's see how that goes, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep the faith and keep going. So Matt, thank you very much. Thanks thank to you, Paul Binning. Check us out Thanks over on Twitter. Listens at 3PIAPC and also don't forget to check out that Andy Lee and Martin Scott even if you weren't born during the 90s um, and watched them play well the 80s and watched them play in the 90s uh, some great stories to be told and, and the link for Phil and Simon as well um, yeah. yeah good shape brilliant cheers all okay take care all have a good week because I don't want to